Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are Amen. It's good to be home. Amen. As uh, was shared, this is, I'm not a visitor. I consider this to be my house. Amen. So I hope you accept me as one of your own. Amen. Praise the Lord. It is an honor and a privilege to share the first Sunday of the year. And I hope that the message today can set a tone for you guys and that throughout this upcoming year, it could uh, bless you and you could always have it in your, me- in your memory. I want to thank Rudy back there as you're helping me out this morning. Thank you, Rudy. I appreciate you, brother. May God bless you. Say hello to everybody who's online watching. May God bless you as well. Um, How many of us know that we are living in some uncertain times? If you don't know that, you may not be breathing. That's the truth. Uh, We are in the midst of uncertain times. And today I want to talk about doubt, which the definition of doubt is feeling uncertain. And um, in this life of faith, we, we have to understand that we will always experience moments of doubt. If you left 2021 with doubt, I want to let you know that there may be doubt right around the corner in 2022, just to let you know that. But this morning, I want to let you know that just because we're in the midst of uncertainties, it doesn't limit our powerful God to do great and mighty things. Give the Lord an amen for that. And you can give him a clap offering as well because he is faithful. I think of my life and the times that I've dealt with uncertain moments. And um, for those people who are parents, I don't know if you could remember that time when you had your first child. Do I have any, any, any parents who could remember that? You remember that first child uh, and when you were in the hospital, everything seemed like you had it under control. You had the nurses at your beck and call. They did everything you needed to. They even bathed your child at times. I mean, it was the greatest thing in the world. But the minute it was time to take that child home and to put that child in the car seat and drive home. It was probably the slowest drive I've ever done in my entire life. It was a moment of uncertainty that I had no idea what I was doing. And in the midst of that, God had created in me to be a father, and I did not know it. But with time and the times of uncertainty, God revealed his heart to me, and I was able to be a father. And, but the point is, is that there are going to be moments in our lives where we're just going to be uncertain about things. But God has a plan, and God will work things out because he is faithful. Doubt is an everyday problem. We will always deal with it. It wants to stand in the face of our faith. It wants to come against what we believe. It wants to sabotage our faith. That's what doubt wants to do. And this morning, as you're taking down notes, I'm going to talk about four things this morning that um, we could handle doubt and we could deal with doubt. When doubt enters the mind, immediately our faith is affected. I want to let you know that the minute we allow doubt and uncertainties to come into our mind, the minute that happens, our faith is affected. In the book of James, and this is one point, okay, first point, what is the effect of doubt in our lives? In the book of James, chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, this, but when you ask, you must believe and not, what's the word? Doubt. You must not doubt. Because the one who doubts, it's talking about the one who doubts, is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Verse 7, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. That's the word of God. That's not me speaking. That's what the Bible says. And verse 8, such a person, what person, what kind of person? The one who doubts. 
Here's the effect. He is double-minded, and he is what? Unstable in his ways. So how does doubt affect us? Two things real quickly. It affects our minds. That's why the Bible says you are double-minded. If you've ever been in a place of uncertainty and doubt, you will notice that the number one thing you feel is confusion, that your mind is confused. And it is impossible to lean with confidence on God's gracious promises and his goodness when we are double-minded. It is impossible to grasp the goodness of God and to live in his fullness when we are double-minded. So that's what doubt does. It creates a double-mindedness in our hearts, right? And number two, the effect in our actions. This word, uh, unstable, in all you do refers to an individual who is drunk. That's the root word that goes from one side to the other and doesn't have a defined direction. And that's us as individuals. When we allow doubt to affect us, we don't have a defined direction. And there are times that we will not know where we are going. So doubt has power. It does affect us. But I'm here to tell you this morning that in the midst of that, God can still work. And I want to show that to you because just because we doubt it doesn't mean that God casts you away or his word is shortened for you or his presence is not able to meet you. Doubt is an everyday thing that in the flesh and in the spirit we will have to deal with and we have the power to conquer in Jesus' name. Now, when, when doubt does affect us, uh, as individuals, we question God all the time. We come to points of our lives, I don't know if 2021 you question God at all. Maybe it's just me. But I had some questions for God in 2021. And I know that in 2022, I'm going to have some more questions for God. Do I have some friends? Absolutely. I've had questions like this. Don't judge me. This is a no judge zone. You guys ready? Can God really forgive me? Have you ever thought that? Have you ever thought to yourself, God... How can you really forgive me? Not only for my present, because the present, you know, spiritually, it's doable. But for our past, because some of us are so hung up on our past that we can't believe God can heal our past. We believe that God can heal our present and God can heal our future. But can he really forgive our past? And the answer to you this morning is absolutely. Another question that I have, can God really love me? Listen, I really do think that God overpaid for me. Did he overpay for you? He really overpaid for me, man. That, Jesus was a price that was way too much money for this guy right here. I don't know if I have any friends this morning. He overpaid for me. He overpaid for me. And sometimes I ask the Lord, Lord, my God, how can you love this guy right here? Number three, don't judge me. We talked about it, right, Tito? This is a no-judge zone. Just being open with you this morning. Last question here. Can God really see me? Are there times where... I'm, I'm, I'm waving my hands and I'm waving the white flag and I'm wondering if God's eyes are upon me at times because of everything that is going on. And I don't know if you felt these things, but there are times that the enemy comes and he allows us to feel certain things that create a state of confusion, a state of doubt and uncertainty. But I want to read a verse here today that, that can really, really just set you at peace this morning. And throughout 2022, if there's a verse that you want to relate to here, this is an awesome verse. It's found in the book of Psalms, chapter 86, verse 5. It is a beautiful, beautiful verse. It says, you, Lord, are what? Forgiving and good and abounding in love to all who call on you. I mean, this morning, I, I want to just encourage you that in the midst of your uncertainty, in the midst of your doubt, 
to never stop calling upon the Lord, to always have a voice that reaches out to the Father. You may be uncertain, you may have doubt, man, but don't let it affect your prayer life and your communion with God because doubt doesn't have the power to do that. So there's a myth on doubt. I mean, when we think of doubt, we think of people who are weak in faith, you know, that only those people have doubt. The answer to that this morning is not true. That is not true. I want to look at an individual, actually two individuals, that are really known for their faith. Actually, one is really known for their faith. And as a matter of fact, he is known as the father of faith, and that is Abraham. When God came to him to produce a covenant, and this is not just an agreement, because I can come with my brother and make an agreement, and we can have a pact here on earth, but God has a divine covenant where it's not only a physical thing, it is a divine thing. It is a supernatural thing. And God comes to create a covenant with Abraham. And that's a beautiful thing. And God speaks to Abraham. In, he gives him his word. And he says, you're going to be a father of many nations. And, and here he is establishing his covenant. And look at what Genesis 17, 17 says about the father of faith. Listen to what it says. Abraham fell down and worshiped the Lord. Not exactly. It says Abraham fell, fell face down. And what did he do? He laughed. He laughed. I don't know if you've ever been in a position in your life where God's word comes to you. And instead of you believing it, you like chuckle and say, God, that's just never going to happen. And listen to why he feels it's never going to happen. And listen to why he is in laughter because his eyes are all on the physical and he takes his eyes off the divine. Now listen to this. He said to himself, will a son be born of a man of 100 years old? That's physical. That's the physical nature right before him. Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? That's another physical thing. Forget the fact that God appeared to you and shared his word verbally to you. But here you're focusing more on the physical. And, and I want to let you know here that there are times that because we are people with a sinful nature, right? We tend to focus on the natural and what we see with these eyes. But when God comes into our lives and he places his spirit upon us, we are called to look at the things of the spirit and the things of God. And when we do that, we cast off doubts. Amen? Amen. And he says this, Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael would live under your blessing. And Ishmael represents something that we have done in our own strength. That's what Ishmael represents. And here God is saying, Listen, I don't need what you have done in my will and outside of my will to perform my miracle. So we look at Abraham and we say, Man, the father of faith dealt with doubt. Let's look at his wife because she, is, she brings a message, man. She brings a powerful message to the believer. In the book of Genesis, chapter 18, verse 12, it says this. So Sarah also, what did she do? She laughed to herself. But there's a message here because uh, it is a powerful verse. And I want you to hear this real quickly here. It says, so Sarah laughed to herself. And, sh and as she thought, she says this. After I am worn out, man, I don't know if you feel worn out from 2021. <sighs> Sometimes I've gotten to a point, man, where, I mean, it's, if you're worn out already in 2022, please have a meeting with me or your pastor. We just started this bad boy, but I'm talking about 20, 2021. <laughs> like, 
despite how tired and broken and hurt you are, God is still enough to bring your pleasures to pass. I want to repeat that here this morning. Despite how tired, and this is a word for somebody here this morning, I really believe that. If you are tired and broken and hurt, God is still enough to bring your, pre- your pleasures to pass. Receive that word today as a church. For those who are watching this morning, receive that word as your home. God is enough to bring your pleasures to pass. It doesn't matter how hurt, how broken, how tired you are. Can you imagine her life trying to bear a, a, a son or a daughter to Abraham and then seeing somebody else produce a fruit for him? Can you imagine how destroyed she was? And I want to let you know here this morning that despite how destroyed you are and despite how hurt you are, we must believe God at his word. I'm here to tell you today, if you do not trust God at his word, this will be a rough ride for you. Life will be terribly difficult for you. We must believe God in his word. Now, sometimes we may feel that our doubts are inappropriate or even sinful. And is God angry with our doubting? Well, this morning I want to let you know as we look at point number three here, that God has patience with doubters. (laughs) Praise the Lord that God has patience with doubters. In the book of John, chapter 20, verses 24 through 27 is where I'm getting this from, but I want to focus on just verse 27, okay, because this is a a, a tremendous verse. It says this, then he said to Thomas, man, poor Thomas, how many people know Thomas? What do you know Thomas as? Doubting Thomas, poor guy, bro. I mean, just because we're in his life and we're all nosy and we know what he's doing, I mean, can you imagine what people put before your name if they really knew your life? What would they label you as? That's crazy, man. It's crazy that you say Thomas and all of a sudden you say doubting Thomas. It's just, you say Rahab, she's the prostitute. I mean, it's terrible, but, but that's just the way um, it is as we are nosy in their lives. And God has allowed us to, to go into their lives as an open book, right? And that's what we see. But here, uh, poor Thomas, uh, you know, then he said to Thomas, Jesus, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach your hands and put it in my side. And what does he say? Stop doubting and believe. You know, we have all been locked up and scared and filled with doubt in moments where things don't turn out the way we think they should turn out. Because Thomas and the disciples had an idea of how things were to turn out. And the things didn't turn out the way they were supposed to turn out in their own minds. But Jesus, because he is the author and the finisher of our faith, is faithful to complete his work the way he desires to do so. But here's a story of of an individual where as desperation starts to feed his doubt, the Lord appears to him. And he had a hard time believing that Jesus had truly risen from the dead. But rather than rejecting Thomas, Jesus invites him to find proof that he needed. And I love this because Jesus will provide a proof that we need to continue living this life. Now, what does that mean? I want to explain that here to you. Have you ever been at a moment in your life where a passage has been presented to you and it's just comforted your soul? Like somebody just opens up with a word, with a sermon, or, or you're doing a devotional and, and, 
and you, man, something hits you. It's, it's as if God is providing for you what is needed for you to move forward. Just like the appearance of Thomas and Jesus, God appears to us and says, put your hand here. Give me your finger. Look at my hands. There are moments in our life that we live in these moments every single day of our lives where God reveals himself as truth with certain different situations. Maybe a sermon, a devotion or a passage, maybe a sign that God gives you and he speaks to you through a dream, something that God says, put your hand here and look at my hand, something that God does in our lives, a needed word, something that he does for us so that we could continue moving forward in the midst of our doubt, in the midst of our uncertainty, as Jesus appeared to Thomas, he will appear to us. He has patience with the doubter. He understands the doubter. Do not be afraid of your doubts and bring them before God. If we are honest and open, he is faithful to provide what we need to continue following him. He is faithful. And here is my last point. And this is where it's going to get good this morning. Hallelujah. This is where I'm going to preach a little bit this morning. All right. So what do we need to do with doubt? We got to get it out. Say, I got to get it out. I got to get it out. You got to get it out. In order for you to see God's hand move with power, you got to get it out. You really got to get it out. You, got, you, you want nothing to do with uh, uncertainty. You want nothing to do with doubt. In this upcoming year, I pray that you're filled with hope and faith in the Lord and you cast out every form of doubt and uncertainty. This is a word for somebody here. Do not bring your uncertainties of 2021 into 2022. Leave it behind you. Leave it behind you. Leave those uncertainties behind you. Leave the doubt behind you. Grab onto faith and hope and lean on his goodness. Because he is good enough for that. Amen. So our goal is to get doubt out. Doubt out. Whatever you can doubt, get that thing out. Here we go in the book of Mark, uh, verse 39 uh, through 40. Um, powerful verses, man. Powerful verses. And it's going to touch up a little bit on, in regards to what I've been speaking about this morning. He went in and said to them, and this is a commotion. This is... This is, this is a show. This is a show what's happening here. A tremendous show what's happening here. And Jesus shows up to the show. He shows up to the mess. He shows up. How many of us know that Jesus always shows up to the mess? <laughs> Praise the Lord that he shows up to the mess. Amen. Praise the Lord. It says that he, he went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? Why, why, why? I, the, the obvious answer is, is because somebody's dead. But see, when Jesus is in the mess and Jesus is in the situation, things aren't what they seem. Hmm. They may seem that way to your eyes, but when Jesus is there, there is a power that can transform the situation. Transform the situation. And here we go. Remember what we spoke about. You must believe and trust in his word. Remember we said that, right? Listen to what he says. The child is not dead, but he is asleep. Like, that, that's a word that really challenges the individuals that are there. 
But you have to believe in his word. You have to trust in his word. Like there are people here today that God has given you a word. And will you trust the word or will you trust the circumstance you're in? And you have to really see for face value that God's word is living and powerful. And it can transform the moment it comes. And here is Jesus in the midst of a mess. And he says, there's no problem here. And I want to let you know that you can have that same mentality in the midst of your situation when Jesus is present, when you are in his word, when you are guided by his word. You can look at a situation and say, why the commotion? Why the wailing? Like there's times where I approach people and they're going through a situation that is a tough one. And my word to them is, but why the crying and why the wailing? Do you not know whom you serve? Because our eyes tend to always go to the physical. Like Abraham, like Sarah, like Thomas. But must we be a people that our eyes stay on the spiritual so that we can be recipients of his divine covenant and promises in our lives? His word means something. Somebody say that it means something. It means something. That's why whatever digital device you're using or whatever form of, 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 of word you are using, it is powerful. It is not meant just to stay on a shelf and not read. Those are living words that come to life. They are powerful words. They are words that when they are spoken and they are truth, God does something. And we must believe that his words mean something, even if it goes against what we are seeing and what we are experiencing. God's word is stronger and he is enough to fulfill his promises. Now, there are times where God's word comes and we're like, God, you really lost it on this one. You really missed the mark. Our uncertainties are off the wall. Our doubt is at its peak. And God brings a word like this. What will you do? What will you do in 2022 when there is, you know, God forbid a situation that has you wailing and has you at a state where you've lost your mind, where there's commotion and God brings you a word through your pastor or you hear a sermon somewhere or you have your devotion and God speaks a silent word into your heart. What will you do? Will you believe him? I pray that your declaration today will be, yes, Lord, I will believe you. Can you say that? Yes, Lord, I will believe you. I will believe you. I will believe you. So verse 40 is where I want to focus on here this morning because this is an interesting part here. Verse 40. But they, somebody say they. 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 Who are they? Who, 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 who are the they's? Who are the they's? Because we're going to see something here this morning that I don't want to mess up your theology on Jesus. And I don't want you to think, you know, that, that Jesus isn't this good, good father because he is. But, but there's a passionate part of Jesus that gets physical. <laughs> the Jesus that flips over tables. The Jesus that, that really comes before the Pharisees and, and really uh, says some words that are very strong to the point of, of, of maybe insulting words. I believe that if Jesus was a pastor in today's day and age, he'd have fewer people that are here today. I believe that. If Jesus was a pastor, I believe that we would have less people in his church than they are here today. 
Because the way Jesus dealt with people and his ministry on this earth, every time he had crowds, he did something that was either insulting or confusing that drove them all away. But here we go. Who are the they? They are the faithless people. I'm here to tell you today that you got some they's in your life. What are they? The things that bring doubt in your life, what are they? For some people, it may be some faithless people. You know, those negative people that are around you. Uh, Some hurt people that they're so hurt that all they know how to do is hurt. Maybe there's some emotional, unstable people. You know, the kind of people that every time there's a solution, they find a problem. The people that light the room up when they leave the room. Not when they come in the room, but when they leave the room, the room lights up because they're gone. Those kind of people. You know, I believe that we've come to a point in our lives where, at least myself, to understand that there is a time that we must let go of people and things before they take us down. There are toxic people that I believe need to be loved passionately, Christ-like. But I also believe that when these individuals affect you and you start carrying their burdens in a way where God has not called you to do so, that there is a time where you must retract and give yourself some space from those individuals. And that is truth. That is truth. So the days, there are things in our lives where we got to let go. There are things in our lives that bring doubt that we must let go. And that's what the days are. We have to come to a conclusion in our lives that there are certain things that we must let go. Let go. And Jesus, right, shows us as an example that in order for him to function and in order for him to perform his miracles, he's got to get rid of certain days. It says, but they laughed. And he, here we go, the the part that I don't want to lose you at, but this is the truth because this is what God's word says. After he put them all out, he put them all out. He put them all out. It's not like, hey, walk this way. Can you please get out of the room? If not, the word of God would have said he told them to get out, like it's done in the past. As a matter of fact, the word in its Greek expresses that he physically put them out. Now, I don't know if he did it bouncer style. I don't, I don't know if he, he, he went all out and grabbed them and kind of like, you know, by the neck and, and, and the waist and kind of like threw them. I'm sure he was strong enough to do so, but I don't know. I don't want to mess up, you, you, know, uh, you know, I don't want to mess your, your thought process on, on this nice, passive Jesus. But Jesus was not very passive. He was passionate. And that goes against all form of passiveness, passionate. So Jesus comes against all things that block God's power in our life. That's what he comes to do. He comes against all things to block the things that God's power comes to do in our lives. So if there's something that is blocking God's power, he came to remove that, which is sin. He came to do that. He came against those things that prevent us from experiencing a true relationship with the Father. 
And that's what this story is all about. He came against those things that would prevent God's power to fall. He came against those things that would block the relationship that we've been called to have. And he comes to show us that. He comes to show us that. The word of God says that he came to put some of them out. All of them out. All of them out. And here we go with a statement that if you're writing down notes, this is something to write down. And if you have good memory, this is what you want to stamp in your mind here this morning. Before the girl got up, people had to get out. I'll repeat that. Before the girl got up, people had to get out. I'm here to tell you here today that before your situation gets up, certain things have to get out. I think that there's times where we're telling ourselves or telling certain things to get up. And there's nothing wrong with that because we have all authority in Jesus' name. And I believe in that. You might be telling certain things to to get up, but maybe you're in a season where you should be checking your surroundings and start telling some things to get out. To get out. And that's what Jesus was teaching us. We can't deal with uncertainties when we're dealing with the presence of God and the power of God. When there is doubt, you will limit the hand of God in your life. So you must get it out. Whatever it is here today that is in your life that you feel is preventing the hand of God to move, you must take a stand. And like I said, you may feel like you're in a season of get out, get out, get out, get out. You know, I mean, get up, get up, get up. But God is telling you to say, get out. I want you to examine yourself here today. To really look at your life here today. And um, I think this message is for everybody. If I have an altar call here today, everybody has to come up. If not, like you're lying in the house of God. Because we all deal with doubt. And I say that very respectfully. If I have an altar call here today, I'll be with you here today because I walked into this church with uncertainty in my mind. And that's the honest truth. But my prayer is is that I I, I don't deal with uncertainty in God. I I don't want to doubt. I don't want to doubt the work that you have for my family. I don't want to doubt the work that you have for, for my church. I consider this my church, by the way. I really do consider this my church. I have two churches, the one I pastor and this one. I, I really do believe that. And I, I, I don't know about you, but there may be certain areas in your life and certain situations that you no longer want to doubt about. You don't want to doubt anymore. Like, you want to believe God at his word on your marriage You want to believe God at his word for your children. Like enough is enough with certain areas where you don't want to doubt with. Like, Let there be other areas I struggle with doubt, but I don't want to doubt any longer with who you've called me to be. The essentials of this Christian walk. God hasn't called us to doubt those things. The enemy's plan is to confuse you. 
The enemy's plan is for you to be double-minded. The enemy's plan is for you to be unstable in your ways. But that's not what God has called us to be. God has not called us to fall on our faces and laugh at his word. God has called us to receive his word and act on his word because he is a faithful father. The scriptures that we read and the stories that we read are not used for excuses, but for examples. Should I repeat that? The stories in scriptures are not used for excuses, but for examples so that we may learn from them and not use them as crutches, but that we should learn from them as great witnesses that they are. So today, I just leave with you this. What area do you have in your life that you no longer want to doubt? It might be for that certain individual that you are praying for, maybe in a relationship, maybe it's a job. Whatever the situation is, what is it that you have uncertainty about? Bring it to God. He knows it. Don't feel ashamed. Don't feel like you're a sinner because you doubt. God appeared to the doubter of all doubters. By the way, may I add that when Jesus was speaking to Thomas, the room was closed, the word of God says. So how he got in, he may have gone through the door, like through the door, through, not like open it, but he may have gone directly like through the wall or through the door. He may just have appeared. But just with that, if I was Thomas, I would have fallen to the floor and worshiped the Lord. But sometimes it takes a little bit more with us, and that's why he's known as Doubting Thomas. So this morning, I leave that with you as we go into 2022 for those people who are watching online as well. Leave those doubts behind you. Leave those uncertainties behind you. Man, and this is a fresh start. We can believe that. Can you say amen? I hope that this word has blessed you. I hope that this word has ministered to you. I hope that in the midst of your uncertainty, you could believe that God can move. God's divine covenant came to Abraham in the midst of his doubt. The revelation of Jesus and his resurrection power came to an individual in the moment where he most doubted. Can we learn from this story? Can we learn from this message? And can we be stronger Christians through this message? Can you put up that verse in Psalms here this morning, Rudy? And I want to read this verse here together with you as it pops up. You, Lord, are... No, wait, let's do that again. You, Lord, are and... Repeat the next one. Yes. To all who what? Let's stand this morning. Amen. God is faithful. 
We may not have an altar call here this morning, but I just pray that you can come before the Father in your heart and just come before him and say, Lord, I, I surrender. Can you tell him that this morning? I surrender my doubts. I surrender my uncertainties. I want them out, God. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that with the same authority, oh God, that we read in your scripture as you took them out, Lord God, that I pray that we have the strength to do so in Jesus' name, to take things out physically, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus that whatever will prevent your hand from moving, oh God, in the name of Jesus, those things that will block us from seeing your goodness in the land of the living, oh God, I pray in the name of Jesus with all authority, oh God, that we can remove all doubt and all uncertainties in Jesus' name. Oh God, I pray for those that are watching and those who are present that we take this word, oh God, and we never forget it, oh God. That we will understand and know that you move, oh God, and that you are a God who is patient with those, oh God, who doubt. And Lord God, we will present our doubts to you as you will provide what we need to move on. We love you this morning. We honor you this morning. We give you all the glory and all the honor because you are forgiving and you are abounding in love and you are good. And it's in Jesus' name. And together we all say, give the Lord a clap offering this morning. Amen. May God bless you abundantly.